When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth from Madrona Financial and CPAs, where we give you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and comprehensive planning. My name's Jeff Shade. I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the solid advice comes from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear it. Hope our listeners are doing well this fine fall weekend. Brian, the temperature is beginning to cool off. This is one of my favorite times of the year. Do you like the fall as much as I do? I do like the fall. Although, you know, living in uh, in the Pacific Northwest, I like the summers too because uh, we didn't really have any rain this summer, which is nice. And uh, uh, although now everybody's complaining we didn't get enough rain, (laughs) nobody can be happy with weather. (laughs) It's always something. Yeah. Well, it's football season as well too. Uh, Seahawks off on another venture. Uh, I don't know about the team this year. What do you think? I think it's sometimes a good thing when your team isn't very good. That way you spend your Saturdays doing or Sundays, weekends doing some Something more productive else. things. Low expectations. Than, yeah, you might just tape the game instead of having to watch it in person because right? you're worried about how they're going to do if you don't watch. Now you're going, oh, I guess they'll probably lose. Yeah. I'll just kind of watch <laughs> do something some else. highlights or something. But <laughs> boy, I got my garage cleaned out and hey, spent some time with the kids. Fantastic. And, you know, all right. Yeah, and Cougars this year, I haven't kept up with it team what's doing on there oh you know <laughs> they're, they're having a typical cougar year and uh, uh again i, I oh, get well. the garage cleaned out i, get the <laughs> I, gotcha. I might look later so uh, you got two extra days now of the weekend to do something okay absolutely so yeah that's not a bad thing all right well anyway whether you're a sports fan or not glad you could join us here this weekend on growing your wealth once again we are a podcast wherever you get your podcast you hear anything on the show today you'd like to hear again or maybe you missed part of the show Show. Go to wherever you get your podcast, search for Brian Evans, Growing Your Wealth, and we have quite a lot of episodes there. There is bound to be one that applies to you. On today's show, Brian, we want to talk about a couple of things, but I want to lead with something that we've talked about before, and that is, what is the purpose of your investment? And in my conversations with my neighbors around here who are a little older than I, they really can't tell me what the purpose of their investment is. So explain the purpose theory and why you should have a purpose for the money that you invest. Yeah, the reason I want to talk about this today is because I can't tell you how many people that maybe I meet for the first time, listen to the show, and they'll come in, and their first question is, what's the rate of return going to be on my investments if I move my money to you? Now, I cannot answer that. I'm not allowed to legally. Some people do. Well, you're going to make X, and then years later they go, they told me I was going to make X, and then the market dropped, and I lost a lot of money. Of course you did. We don't control the markets. We don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know what the world is going to look like in a year. We don't know what the economy is going to look like in a year. Interest rates, we don't know inflation. We don't know GDP. We don't know innovation. I can go on and on all day. Obviously, we don't know what the future. I don't know what the market's going to do tomorrow. 
And so how can I know what it's going to do in three months, a year, and three years? And some of you might be listening, well, my advisor says they know, and their team of, of researchers know. And no, they don't. <laughs> they absolutely do not know. We don't know. That's why anybody that says they know is, is not telling you the truth. They're not allowed to, frankly, and, and they shouldn't be telling you that because they don't know. If I knew, you know, if you, if you knew, Jeff, if you knew the market was going to go way up in a year, <laughs> wouldn't you just sell your house yeah. and triple long or, or 10x the, the long of the market and then buy like five houses with your gains? Mm-hmm. Conversely, yeah. if you thought it was going to lose, I'd sell everything I have. I'd short the market. I'd go with a, a leverage short for every dime I own, and I would triple my net worth in a year or whatever. If I had that information. That's exactly what I would do with that information. So why, when somebody says, no, absolutely, this is going to happen. Oh, did you put your money where your mouth is? Did you sell all your assets and do the leverage long or the leverage short of the market? Well, well no, that's that's not prudent. You, you need to diversify. I'm like, well, wait a second. You just said you know what's going to happen. If you had that, it, it, it reminds me of that movie, what, uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. He had the book that said who was going to win what game at what score, and the, that big kid started betting, and he always got it right because he knew what was going to happen, and yeah. he became the richest guy there was. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, <laughs> you would be the richest person there is if you knew what was going to happen next week or next year in any market. So that's not realistic. That's why we have to go to, okay, let's get away from max growth for every, the, you know, I'm just going to go with whoever promises me the highest rate of return. Well, they're not in control of your rate of return. Markets are. So maybe you want to have max rate of return on a portion of your portfolio. Most people do. That's called the growth part of your portfolio. We talked about different purposes on this show, the basic purposes, but I'm going to add to that list. So the basic purposes are growth. I want max growth. Well, that sounds good. You also know that you're taking max risk on that on the downside. Oh, no, no, no. I just want the upside growth. (laughs) Okay, well, you don't get to max that without taking risk on the downside. That's just the nature of things. You might be interested in liquidity. I need to have some available cash. You might be interested in cash flow. I'm retiring. I don't need it to grow. I need it to produce cash flow. You might be interested in security. I just can't see it go down anymore, a portion of mine. And I'm talking about portions, not the whole portfolio. You're not, it's not an either or. You don't have to pick one or the other. It's a mix. Where do you want the emphasis placed or de-emphasized? And then you might want tax savings. So we talk about growth security, liquidity, cash flow, and tax savings. I want all of those. And so the way to get that to start with is to make sure I have some in each objective, some of my investments in each objective. Now, there are other purposes to money. One purpose might be owning your dream home or having a great place to live. And that could be a purpose because I've seen people with a thousand square foot ramblers. They've been in 40 years and their net worth is 20 million (laughs) dollars. Yeah. That was not their purpose. They didn't care. Whereas maybe if they thought about it, they might go, you know, why don't I upgrade here? You know, I I wouldn't mind a better house, but, you know, it it depends on their purpose. Your purpose might be, well, I want max growth, but my spouse doesn't want that. She wants security and cash flow, and she's younger than me and in better health than me, and she exercises, and I'm overweight and have diabetes. Mm -hmm. She's going to outlive me by 15 years. Maybe I should concentrate on what she wants and not what I want, okay? There's a different purpose. Maybe you have enough money and you're thinking about leaving money to your kids. There's a purpose. Maybe you want to give it to them now so you can buy a house. Maybe you want to take care of grandkids. Maybe it's a charitable purpose Mm -hmm. or some other legacy purpose. 
I could go on and on. There are many different potential purposes for your money. Uh, we came up uh, before we started talking about a, a Tiffany's analogy. I wanted yeah, to yeah. Up. Explain that. Yeah, because I said, you know, if your if your purpose is growth of investment or cash flow, Tiffany's is probably the wrong place. So you might find yourself in a Tiffany's talking about the different products and go. Well, wait a second, I don't really need anything you have here. And so you're, you took the wrong path. We shouldn't start with the product discussion. And too many advisors start, oh, let me tell you about these super products. And wait a second, you haven't asked me what I want the money for mm-hmm. or what, what my purpose is for it or what my lifestyle I want to be or, or talk to me about anything. You just started selling me this product. Let's back the train up here. Let's make sure I went to the right store. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in Tiffany's and maybe that's not where I want to be. Maybe somebody's talking to me about putting all my money in the market. Maybe that's not where I want to be. They haven't even asked the question. Did I get on the right road to go to the right store? But you're already trying to sell me something. Now, if you're trying to impress your girlfriend and you want to ask her to marry you, mm-hmm. Tiffany's is exactly the place you should be. You know? <laughs> so it can be the maybe. right answer. That's the purpose of that money is to put on a Good try there uh, with a, with a sparkling Tiffany diamond yeah. in a blue box uh, that goes along. That can be <laughs> the right purpose for that money. Yeah, well, I think if you need a Tiffany's diamond to impress your girlfriend, you've got to realize that when that girlfriend becomes your wife, she's going to be pretty high maintenance if it takes a, a little blue box to do that. And I did exactly that. I went to Tiffany's after I was married. You had the analogy of, you know, catching the fish. It was already in the boat. And then I put the hook in the fish. It is a fun. It's a fun analogy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun analogy uh, there. But the the point is here that uh, too many of us think about rate of return first and product second. And that is the exactly opposite. One of them you can't control. You can talk about range of historical returns, and there can't be a clearer example than 2022. Mm -hmm. You know, people that sell stocks only will be talking about stocks and how, oh, you're going to make X percent a year. Even Dave Ramsey, I think, uses some huge rate of return per year. Yeah. Well, how's that going this year? How'd that go two years ago when the market dropped due to COVID? How'd that go a couple years before when the market dropped? How'd that go in 08 and and the beginning of 09? How'd that go in 2000 through 2002? You can't just say, well, the market's going to get you 10% a year, so put all your money in the market. But people do. And it's like, well, I did what they said, and now my 401k plan is down 25%, and I've got to earn 40% to get that back. And huh, that's not what they said was going to happen. And they stated it like it was a fact. It's not a fact. And so we have to understand what our purpose is. So when we're allocating our assets, you might say, all right, I want 40% of my money. I'm not going to touch long-term money. I want it to grow. I'll take the risk, believing that markets will recover when they drop. Okay, that's fine. But you may not want to do that with 100% of your assets. You may want to have, again, your liquidity, security, cash flow, And most investments do two of the above. They do growth and liquidity. They do cash flow and security or, you know, some combination of those. And so that's how you develop a portfolio that can protect you in a market like 2022, which I want to talk a little bit more about later about what you can do and and maybe how you got here and, and all of that. But how maybe your investments are too limited as far as type of investment to secure the the purpose of that money. So I want to start this show with 
the purpose of your investments. Let's let's back up and say, what is the purpose in order? What are the different purposes? There are going to be multiple purposes. Where do they stack up as far as what I want to prioritize or de-emphasize? So the takeaway, I think, is that we have been looking at things all wrong. We've been looking at strictly the growth part of your investments, but in reality, we need to recognize the purpose, whether it's security, cash flow, liquidity. I mean, also, we can take it into legacy, charitable giving, Uh, You know, whether you're investing for your spouse, your children, or your grandchildren. What is the purpose of your wealth? You're listening to Brian Evans here with Growing Your Wealth. You know, if you want to see if your financial plan and and retirement have roots that run deep enough to thrive for 30 plus years, then request your rooted wealth analysis today. Go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button to get started. Once you fill out the basic information, which takes less than 30 seconds, you'll be able to schedule your rooted wealth analysis and see what it takes from advisors and CPAs to build a retirement designed to last 30 plus years. Go to madronafinancial.com, click on get started today. It's not going to cost you a dime. That's madronafinancial.com. Growing your wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about where to get educated on financial topics. And Brian, I'm so glad that we've talked about this again. You know, I interact with my neighbors a great deal, most of which are older and they are retired. And I am shocked and amazed at how much they do not know about their finances. They have a financial advisor. They ask questions. Sometimes they don't get a good answer. Sometimes they get no answer, but they themselves have not taken the initiative to become educated about their finances. Do you find that that is a common problem these days? Extremely common. And so anybody listening that feels like, oh, that sounds like me, uh, don't feel bad. Don't be embarrassed. There's a lot of things I don't know anything about. Cars, we've talked about that. I still think I have a carburetor in my car, but Jeff, you keep telling me I don't. I'm going to put one in the trunk of your car just so you can no, say that okay. you have one. I can one. be right. Yeah. Okay. It's in the trunk. Because I don't know anything about cars. Yeah. I know they, you know, I hit the button and hopefully sure. it starts up. Yeah. That's what I know about cars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all have our lanes. And frankly, one of the, the most important topics in our lifetime is understanding finances. I believe in the Bible, it's talked about uh, more than any other topic. It's yeah. Finances, and yet our school systems do not talk about finances, probably because the teachers themselves don't spend a lot of time learning about finances when they go through school. How are they going to teach something they don't know anything about? So it's just a, a common thing that we don't understand our finances, and we get confused uh, early on, typically, in a conversation about them, and usually that's the fault of the person explaining it, whether it's commercials, articles, stuff that's put out there. Most of the stuff that I read, especially on the internet, a vast majority of it is tinged with, I am trying to sell you something. Yeah, yeah. I am trying to sell something and convince you to buy it and convince you that everything else is bad. That does not fall in the category of education to me. That falls in the category of manipulation. 
Now, if you want to be manipulated, just go online and read the stuff there and you will be thoroughly manipulated. You want to be manipulated, go to you know a lot of financial professionals that sell one product. You will be <laughs> manipulated. But uh, if you want education, that's what I want to talk about in this segment. And Brian, we have a great book that has been released recently, which really is a great start to educating people. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it's called The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Go to madronafinancial.com or if you don't want to go there, go to Amazon and buy it there. You can download it on our website and so forth. And it talks about, you know, in the last segment, we were talking about the purpose of money. Mm-hmm. And I keep hearkening back to, we got to have a plan. I thought of an analogy we were talking about at break is like, okay, I want to, I want to build a house. But I'm just going to skip all the steps and go right to product. So I just purchased a whole lineup of really fancy red appliances. And I got these red appliances. Now, I don't have the house. I don't have any plans. I don't know. If that, but I have the I have the product. And, and it's like, that's kind of backward, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. I did it, and I know for a fact. I mean, you don't know if they're going to fit. You don't know if they're the right color. You don't know if they're the right height or, or depth or width or, you know, whatever. And so maybe that's a bad analogy. But, but picking product ahead of a plan doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And so when we talk about the book, again, getting back to the book, seven steps. There are seven steps to a successful retirement is what the book says. What are the steps? Well, chapter one is a lifestyle plan. So reading through that, you can go, okay, really my investments are a tool. They're a tool to produce something and to that tool is is to produce a better lifestyle. That is part of the plan. I mean, that sounds like pretty common sense, but not too many people stop and think, well, this isn't about which stock to pick. You know, Motley Fool says to buy this stock and sell that stock or whatever. Well, that's not a lifestyle plan. That's a stock investment. So the the next chapter talks about the growth plan, allocating assets to investments that have the potential for significant growth. But along with that, you have the potential for loss. So understanding what that is and how it should play in your plan. The third one is a protection plan. Most people like the idea that some of their money is protected from loss. Ask anybody who's been invested in the market in 2022, they would go, hmm, if I had to do over again, maybe I would have put some money in that if you don't already. You know, most of our clients, certainly we, all of our clients, we have had that conversation. I'm not saying all of them have a protection plan. They may have said, I don't need one. I don't want one. I don't want one with the money that you're managing for me. Okay. But I would say a vast, vast, vast majority of them do have a protection plan. They do have money invested in investments that are protected from loss in a bad market, which we just had, and they're glad about that. The fourth chapter is a tax plan. Tax planning, obviously, that's our biggest expenditure probably for most people, and getting that right can be huge. That's why we have a CPA firm to help with that. The fifth chapter is on a health care plan. We all get older as we age. We all are going to need help at some point in our life, more likely than not. And so having that plan, whether we're going to use it or not, uh, it's good to have that plan for when that eventuality occurs. Chapter six is a gifting plan. So that could be gifting to charities. It could be uh, uh, other kinds of gift. Uh, maybe not just spending all your money on yourself. Finally, chapter seven is a legacy plan. And that could be to kids, grandkids, or to charities and so forth. But mostly I'm talking about other people in your life. So having that kind of worked out first, making sure you have in the lifestyle plan, certainly that, that involves cash flow. So that's chapter one. 
you need money to spend in retirement. So having that put together for you uh, before you start talking product and, and placement and all of that, I think is obviously critical. But this is this book can help educate you on trying to understand what is important to you, where you should spend your time, maybe less time reading Motley Fool and which stock to buy or sell, mm-hmm. and more time figuring out what your life and your legacy and your finances should do for you. Yeah, and this book really, I think, is the foundation of everything. You should read this book before you do anything else. And there's a lot of information out there. When I ask people, are you educated about finances? They go, absolutely. I go, well, you know, what have you read? What have you seen? Well, I I watch Kramer, you know, on TV. And uh, I, I listen to the financial report in the evening news just a bit there. And to them, that is education. But I'm finding that a lot of education that is out there in the mass media isn't necessarily correct. I mean, there's a lot of false information out there, isn't there? Well, understand most of it's paid for by somebody. Yeah. So, you know, if it's paid for, do not click on it. If it's sponsored, do not click on it. You bet. That's garbage. Well, unless you, again, some people like to be manipulated, I guess. I'm not one of them. Mm -hmm. But if uh, I hate the market, you should too. Or I hate annuities, you should too guy comes on there. Don't click on that. He's trying to sell you all your money put in without purpose, doesn't care about your purpose, invest in us and the stuff that we sell. And that just drives me nuts, you know, that, that people have that. But this this part's about education. We'll talk about that in, a, in the next segment. But this part's about education. So we have the book. Again, go on madronafinancial.com and download the book or go on Amazon, buy the book. So there's a couple ways you can get that. Certainly, if you want to come in for a meeting, we'll, we'll give you a, a book. So the next thing I want to talk about is, well, there's this radio show. Right. Uh, Jeff, maybe you can tell me about, oh, gosh, I'm I'm not available when it's playing or I forget when it's yeah. playing or, or whatever, uh, but I kind of like to maybe listen to it while I'm on my exercise bike. Uh, how can I do that, Jeff? Yeah, that is the beauty of podcasts, and we have well over 100 different podcasts at this point in time. You can not only hear the entire radio show over again if you've missed any part of it, but also the daily two-minute features, the advertorial features that run on the local radio stations, too. Those are all posted on our podcast platform. You simply search wherever you get your podcast for Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans. You'll find it there. We are on all the most popular ones, you know, like iTunes and and Stitcher and iHeart and so forth. But it is a great educational library. We have done, Brian, I think it was last year or so, we did a hundred different topics. Each of those topics you will find on that podcast platform. So whether it's taxes or whether it's legacy planning or it's gifting or charity, we got deep in the weeds on some of these things too with passive real estate and, you know, different tax codes and things like that. There's bound to be a show for you. Again, search wherever you get your podcast, madronafinancial.com, growing your wealth, and you'll find it right there. And Brian, that was the purpose when we began this show now almost eight years ago. We're not doing this show to sell you anything. From the very beginning, Brian, the goal was to be educated, to educate people, wasn't it? Absolutely. I've asked people all the time to listen to me. I say, what am I trying to sell? They go, well, I, I don't know, you? Well, I'm not selling me, No. 
Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're just educating. Yeah. Well, great. That's that, it. That was the intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever listen to any other shows? Oh, um, yeah. Sometimes. Well, are they trying to sell anything? Well, yeah. Clearly, <laughs> that's all they do is try and sell you something. Right. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That. That's what I was trying to do. Is is when we put this show together. It wasn't because I thought the world needed another talking head trying to sell annuities or stock markets or long term care or whatever it is. And so it was really to educate. And on top of that, the hundred different topics you had. We did, uh, I remember somebody, they told me, yeah, I've been listening to you. Boy, it's been kind of a deep dive. It's, it's yeah. You're not doing the talking about current events and joking around or anything. You're just going at these topics. I'm, I'm like, uh, little did you know, we had 100 quarter hour segments <laughs> yeah. in a row yeah. on 100 different topics. That's right. And they were deep dives. They were, you know, 15 minute mini shows on individual topics. Right. And so we ran those consecutively at, at some point last year and and they're uh, on the podcast now those are 15 minute bits you mentioned the two minute bits i think more people listen to that obviously drive time during the week on seattle radio stations and so forth a lot of people know me from that a lot Uh, anybody that drives around during the day listens to talk radio knows brian evans you know and jeff shade (laughs) yeah they do uh, that's pretty much sure thing now another area now this one i really want to emphasize because New advisors or people that I just want to learn all I can about. I don't understand all these topics. I hear step up and basis and credit shelter trust and DST and premium finance. And I I hear these topics. I'm not sure. People tell me one thing. I hear another. I'm not sure. I don't understand them. And I don't want to spend four years in college or whatever, if you could even do that, which you can't, uh, learning that stuff. What's the best thing I could do? The best thing I could do that I I advise people, especially my interns and my newer advisors or experienced advisors that come on, frankly, they're 20-year advisors, I want them to listen to all, uh, it's 98, 98 videos. They're about six minutes long each. They're on our website, on our education tab, 98 videos, six minutes. You can do the math. Yeah, that, that will take you, if you did maybe a couple a day, I think most people can consume 12 minutes a day, 18 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you did 18 minutes a day, you'd be done, what, in a month? And so uh, a little over a month. And so you will learn more than most people, <laughs> most business degree candidates, I yeah, believe, would yeah. learn in four years of university studies because it breaks these complex topics down into six-minute things. Jeff, you and I recorded those. Yeah, I mean, this is quite an education. I remember going to college and learning about the things that I later did in life, but I learned a lot more once I got out in the field, and that is why it's so valuable to, you know, look at things like this. This is a library of educational material that you really can't find anywhere else. And Brian, you say it's on our website at madronafinancial.com? Yes, it is. And uh, it's a labor of love. I put a lot of time and effort into writing 100 outlines, recording it, you know, the 100 different, well, 98 is what ended up going. Uh, two of them, I don't know, they got lost in the stratosphere. I, I, know I, I did know. 100, but there's 98 <laughs> online. So we'll leave it at that. 98's enough, probably. And, you know, having those 98 topics, that was not easy. And there's not a lot of people that I've met on the planet that could have done that. In fact, I've told there's none, none. that they, anybody's ever met. But you're right, it's, it's on topics like, oh, investing, Social Security, Medicare, long-term care, 
annuities, tax planning, real estate, uh, active, passive real estate, estate planning, business succession, gifting strategies, trusts, a myriad of topics uh, related to those. And again, it's not such a deep dive to where you go, oh my gosh, I just read this book. It took me 20 hours and it was a terrible ending. What a waste of time. It's not like that. If, If you don't like the topic, it's six minutes. Okay, you only wasted six minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you know you don't need the topic, you know, then you know you're 22 years old. You don't want to know about Medicare just yet. Don't listen to it. That's fine. But I would encourage anybody that really wants a deep dive. Gosh, it's free. So much went into that. Uh, there's six minutes. It's yeah. a video. It's easy to consume. You just click on it, watch it. You're setting me up with questions. I'm answering them. I'll give you a little secret on this. Uh, basically, it was what is the topic. Who is it for? Mm -hmm. What are some of the detriments to this? What are some of the benefits? And an example. Examples are really easy to consume. Yeah, and it was very bang, bang, quick thing, too. People may think there's a script. There was no script with this. I just asked you questions. You would answer the questions off the top of your head because you knew all of this stuff. And then when we were done, we would take three minutes and then we would do another one. You know, as you said, it really was a labor of love. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Our program is called Growing Your Wealth. Once again, we've been talking about the book we have out now, which is The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Among those seven steps are a lifestyle plan, a growth plan, protection plan, tax plan, health care plan, and also a gifting plan. You can download the book at madronafinancial.com. Do it. I think it will be a great addition to your library. Want more strategies that can help support the quality of life you want for 30 plus years? Well, stick around. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth. Big trees fall when storms hit because they don't have deep enough roots. The same goes with your finances. Your quality of life depends on how deep your financial roots are today, tomorrow, and for years to come. If you want to learn how to design your retirement to last 30 plus years, then grab your copy of 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement by calling Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about how to buy your dream home with a 1031 exchange. And Brian, 90% of people surveyed in an article that I read recently thought owning a home is part of the American dream. Interestingly enough, more than half believe that they will never own their dream home, with the younger generations being the most pessimistic. But if you are looking to own your dream home, and I know a lot of people listening to us have a home, but it may not be their dream home. This article goes on to point out that you can own your dream home with a 1031 exchange, and that's a tax code. I don't quite understand how that works. So, Brian, let's begin to fill in the details a little bit here. Yeah, I'll back up a little bit here because a lot of people might have their personal residence and be thinking about a vacation home or, you know, retirement home, that kind of thing, second home. And now some people will strive to have both, but that might stretch their budget quite a bit to have both, maintain both and so forth. And one thing I, I caution them against is when you buy that, that house on the Oregon coast or whatever, that's a tough trip to make from Seattle area, Yeah, I mean, especially on a busy weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, you may find you're not going there much or you you may feel like, gosh, I bought this place. So I have to come here, but I really want to go to Hawaii. I'm tired of the, the rain. And now I went from the rain to the cold rain on the coast. And now I'm like, <laughs> I'm sick of rain. I wish I'd maybe done something different. And so consider that a lot of people that buy second homes, maybe they shouldn't 
They might want to conserve that money and use it for a nice hotel or to diversify. We love that word, right? Diversify their vacations Mm -hmm. so they aren't going to the same place over and over. But maybe you do want the the one place. And so some people like to consolidate that. They would like to say, well, I don't want two houses that are nice. I want one dream home. I want one super home someday. How do I do that? I own a house and I have four rental properties uh, that I've owned a long time. They've gone up in value. They're paid off. How can I make my house I bought 30 years ago, which was adequate for raising a family, but now I want to be somewhere else and I got these four rental houses. How do I make this into my dream home? And so it is possible. So we're going to talk about this. So first thing we have to do, you brought up the 1031 exchange. Right. So one way to do that, and I've talked to a lot of clients about that, they'll say, can I sell my rental house and just buy my my new second home or or whatever? I said, no, you cannot. Wait a second, Brian. I thought the topic of this segment was how you do that. It is. But I'm going to start with, no, you cannot, unless you follow the rules precisely. And there's a lot of rules to follow here. But first thing is, 1031 exchange means you're selling investment real estate, not your principal residence, but investment real estate, such as your rental houses or your fourplex or your strip mall or raw land or whatever it is, you know, industrial park, office building, anything, any investment real estate. You're selling it and you want to reinvest that money without paying the income tax when you sell it. You can do that using a 1031 exchange. Okay, so if you follow the rules and you get the qualified intermediary involved and so forth, you follow the strict rules, you can buy another replacement investment property and you can have it qualify for tax deferral and not pay the income tax. Okay, so we do that and so you say, well, does the dream home, the second home, the vacation home qualify as a replacement property? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. That's personal use property. So you cannot use that property for personal. And you say, wait a second. Again, Brian, you said in this segment, you're going to tell us how to do that. I am. I'm getting there, but I'm putting my (laughs) caveats in place. Somebody doesn't say, you said. (laughs) So no, you can't unless you follow strict rules. So the IRS code sections talk about this and they say, well, you can do a 1031 exchange like property for like property, meaning investment real estate for investment real estate. So the investment real estate could be a future dream home, but it can't be your dream home now. Mm -hmm. It can't be for two years. You can't use it hardly at all for personal use, like 14 days. You can't have a family member use it. You can't have a friend use it. You can't have any of this because that becomes personal use Mm. and it kills the exchange and you will pay the tax on the sale of your investment real estate. It's got to be turned into a rental. It's got to be a rental you're not using for your personal use or, again, your family, your friends for two years. You just can't do that. And so there's rules about that. But if you turn it into a real rental and someone that you don't know and and so forth, you know, uh, call it arm's length transaction, is renting that for at least two years, it's okay. Then you can change the usage of the home and you can move into that as your vacation home, your second home, your primary residence, whatever. And maybe you sell your other primary residence because you want the money. You just want to live in that one place. And you take advantage of, if you're married, the $500,000 tax-free exclusion from the sale of your primary residence to move into this house 
that got the tax deferral from the 1031 exchange when you sold your rental properties. Real complicated example, but Mm -hmm. this is a complicated topic. And please do not go out and do anything without consulting your tax advisor and getting to know all the ins and outs of this because it's very complicated. If you mess up on one step, you blow it. You're going to have this house. You're going, oh gosh, I got to come up with all this tax money now. And I put it all into the house because Brian said this on the radio. Do not do that. (laughs) I'm telling you, do not do that. Get proper advice to have a plan for that if that's something you want to do. So not very many people listening to this will be doing that. But I do get asked that enough to where I wanted to at least bring it up in in one show topic about how you can use the, the DST to get your dream home. Most people do not do that. Most people, they sell their investment real estate, they do the 1031 exchange, and they do a Delaware Statutory Trust. A Delaware Statutory Trust is a way to reinvest the proceeds, in this case from their rental houses, into investments that are invested maybe in apartment buildings or self-storage or Amazon warehouse facilities or student housing or whatever as a partial interest. And that does qualify for the 1031 exchange. And then they have their new investment that pays them monthly cash flow. And they're just invested as a fractional interest in what's called a Delaware statutory trust or a fractional interest in the real estate owned by the DST. And once again, Brian, I want to reiterate something that you mentioned earlier, is that there are specific steps to do this. By all means, do not jump in and try to do this yourself. It's not that, you know, it's too complicated for you. It's just that if you miss one particular step, you could blow the entire deal. For example, with a Delaware statutory trust, Brian, I think you have had people who have said, okay, I sold my property. I've got the money in the bank now. I want to do that Delaware statutory trust. They blew the deal, right? They blew the deal. (laughs) You can't touch that money. It's got to go to the qualified intermediary that has to be hired before your property closes. And so there's a step. You cannot skip. You can't do it yourself. You have to hire that person. We can help you find that person. We have, you know, we have them on our. I was going to say Rolodex. I'm dating myself. <laughs> we have them in our database. Yeah, and uh, you know, so we we have those names for you and all that, and uh, work with them all the time. We we do a whole bunch of uh, Delaware statutory trusts because there's so many people out there that are starting to age out of their interest of being a landlord. We talked uh, earlier in the show about the purpose of investments. Mm-hmm. purpose of their real estate was to create a place where they could add some sweat equity. They liked real estate. It went up in value. It paid them rents. They paid it off. They have all this equity now on the rental. And it's performed its purpose adequately. But now they're 60, 70, 80 years old saying... I don't want to put the sweat equity in anymore. I don't want to be a landlord. I don't want to think about it. I just don't want the stress at all. And maybe it's not even that much stress. I just want to be done. And so, so many clients are aging out of wanting to be landlords where they want to do a 1031 exchange. And we can do one using the Delaware Statutory Trust to get them into passive real estate where they don't have to lift a finger. All they got to do is go to the you know mailbox every month and get their yeah. check for the, their share of the rents. So it's great. They still own real estate. Someone else is managing it. They don't have to do a thing. They'll never get a capital call. They'll never get a call from a tenant saying something's leaking or they'll never get a call saying, I need some money for a new roof. That all goes away. It simplifies everything. They're still invested. They're still getting cash flow. And they may eventually, when they pass away, qualify for the step-up in basis, meaning their their spouse or their heirs can then take that asset income tax-free. All of the gains get permanently eliminated that they had from day one of owning their, their rentals. So it can be a beautiful solution. So that's another thing. There's a lot there. Come in and talk to us about it if yeah. you have rental property so that you have the plan. We've been talking about planning on this show. 
What is your plan? What is the purpose of your investment real estate? It's probably not to be so I can have the most investment real estate when I die. That's probably not your plan. So we can help you with the tax implications, the legacy implications, the cash flow, the lifestyle. This hits almost all of them, the DST. It improves all of those for so many people and even even touches the growth aspect because these assets can go up in value too and you're, you're an owner. And so there's a lot of benefits to that. Give us a call. Let us know if that's something you just want to have a conversation about. And we talked in the last segment about education. I've got short videos on this. I've got six minute videos on many aspects of this. I've got a 44-minute video I recorded on it. I've got Kiplinger articles. I, we got all kinds of things to help you understand and educate yourself on the 1031 and Delaware Statutory Trust. So once again, if you're an active landlord, you're uh, tired of the toilets, the tenants, and the trash, and you're interested in a Delaware Statutory Trust, don't do anything on your own. Consult with Brian there at Madrona Financial in the beginning to uh, do the procedure right. And again, you don't have to invest in other residents residential or commercial real estate. Uh, I mean, in terms of, you know, people renting out properties from you that run businesses, but you can put it into things like self-storage units, any number of different investments. But once again, talk to an advisor at Madrona Financial about the Delaware Statutory Trust before you do anything. And Brian, you talked about taxes and the advantages with the DST. That's why it's so important to work with a CPA and do comprehensive tax planning. It's just one of the seven routes that sustain wealth. And if you want to see how deep your tax planning or other routes are before the next storm hits, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button that says get started. When you do, you'll fill out some basic information. And then the staff at Madrona Financial will be able to schedule your rooted wealth analysis so you can see what needs to be addressed before the next storm hits. Once again, it's the Get Started button at madronafinancial.com. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the term fiduciary. And Brian, there seems to be a lot of confusion about the term fiduciary. What is it? How does it work? So let's begin to explain that a little bit by, first of all, defining fiduciary. Yeah, and I want to give a little background on this because, you know, what I can talk about on this has changed over the years. It used to be there was a big differentiation in the industry between someone that was held to the fiduciary standard and someone that was held to something called best interest standard. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many SEC rulings and all, all this stuff put out there, years and years and years of this. And so the industry has kind of evolved. So the folks that were held to the best interest, a lot of them decided well, I'm going to get something that says I'm also held to the fiduciary standard so they can advertise that and so forth. I'm like, okay. And so I, depending on which hat they happen to be wearing one day, they're held to that standard or not held to that standard. I'm totally confused by that, how you can have two hats and, you know, uh, do that. But regardless, I wanted to talk about this because I'm seeing advertisements on TV where I know there's something I cannot say anymore on this radio show, Jeff. My compliance person says, yeah. you cannot say you're a fiduciary. That designation isn't part of what you are. That, that you're held to the fiduciary standard, right? but you're not a fiduciary. Right. Okay, fair. Then why am I watching these commercials of the biggest uh, registered investment advisory <laughs> company in the country saying, we're fiduciaries. We make money when you make money. I've seen them. 
yeah, I've seen them. And that's the person that hates annuities. And I'm like, wow, you can't say, I can't say it on my radio show. How are you getting away with it? You guys need a better compliance officer. I know mine's right. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big call out to you, Nikki. Big shout out, Nikki. Thanks. Yeah, I know you're right. And I know they're wrong. And they can't say that. But beside the point, I've written a Kiplinger article on this because also I've also uh, noticed that people that only sell annuities. So here's a company saying, we're fiduciaries. You know, we're, we won't put you in an annuity. Uh, their boss said, I'd rather go to hell, I think, than sell somebody an annuity. And yeah, like, wow, right. you really sold out. <laughs> and then I got people, lots of people that only sell annuities. And they do the same thing. I'm a fiduciary. So I'm only interested in your best interests. And I only sell this annuity. And so I'm, okay. So you're both claiming something. And you're both selling completely against each other and the opposite of each other. One of you or both of you is wrong. (laughs) That's the only (laughs) conclusion I can come to, in my opinion. Now, they may be held to that standard, okay, and maybe they can do that under the current regulations, the SEC and different boards and so forth and so on. But to me, I have a different personal Brian Evans definition of fiduciary. Okay. In my world, I think that here's an example. If I sell the stock market and don't sell annuities and you come in and you want security and guaranteed lifetime cash flow, I'm scratching my head going, well, those are two things the stock market doesn't do. How do I convince this person they're wrong and sell them the stock market? Okay, Mabel, how old are you? 79? You need the stock market. Hmm. You don't want those annuities. They're terrible. But I've heard they're secure or or I can have cash flow for life for, you know, like, ah, you don't want that. You want stock market because that's where they get paid. Follow the money. Conversely, I know a guy that sold annuities and he had a radio show for 25 years. He said, yep, for 25 years, I've been telling everybody how the stock market's going to crash. I started when the Dow was was 3,000 and now it's 20, you know, it was 25,000 at the time. I've been wrong most of that time, but that's, that's that's what I do. I tell people the market's going to crash. They need annuities. Like, wow. Okay. You only sell one thing. So if someone comes in and says, yeah, I, I got plenty of security. I got a pension. I don't need the cash flow. Can you put me in the market? You don't want the market. You need security. No, I just told you I don't. No, no, no. You do. So they will manipulate you to sell that. How can they be a fiduciary if they don't sell everything? If you sell hammers <laughs> and you go to the store and you say, I need a saw, you don't want a saw. You need a hammer. But I don't think I need a hammer, but that's what I sell. You know, it's <laughs> to me, I don't see how you can be acting in the capacity you need to unless you have all the tools in the toolbox. So when you go to the strip mall and you talk to the advisor there, what do you got? I got stocks and bonds. Mm-hmm. Well, can you do that? I heard about those DSTs. Nope. How about an opportunity zone? Private non-traded equity REIT, private non-traded debt REIT, buffered ETF, structured note. Fixed index universal life, fixed index annuity for accumulation or another one for cash flow or an interval fund. Can you put me in any of that? Uh, I don't even know what those are. No, no, no. You can get stocks and bonds. That's it. (laughs) That's it. So you're going to convince me to buy stocks and bonds, I'm guessing. Well, of course I am. I don't even know what those other things are. Well, didn't you watch Brian's 98 videos? (laughs) Well, no, evidently not. (laughs) All of their tools could be held in one of those little tool pouches. I mean, if a drone of financial, you got one of those giant toolboxes. It's got everything in it. It's got a lot of things in that toolbox. So unless you're agnostic as to what that prospect is going to invest in. So if we're talking, one of my advisors is talking to you, they're not trying to push you. They don't care if you put it in the market. You know, they care. I mean, they want to get it right. We want to get it in the right place. 
but our compensation is not tied to whether you buy the stock market or something else. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're agnostic. And so we can truly look at it without a manipulative goal. And then there's one step beyond that. And I talked about this in my Kiplinger article. If you can't give tax advice around that, you're giving advice on how to invest money without considering what the tax effect is. I've, I've run into many advisors, most advisors, in fact, when they're presented with, hey, I have rental houses and I have or investment real estate. I want to sell it. What should I do? Well, you should put it in the market. You should put in annuities. You should put it into what I sell. Well, is there anything, any way to get out of the taxes? No, no, just pay the tax. That's fine. Because you, you said you don't want to be a landlord anymore. Just pay the tax and give me the money. I'll invest it for you and I'll charge your fee. Well, I heard this guy on the radio. He said I didn't have to pay that tax. Oh, I don't know what that is. So unless you can access the tax planning around something and make that part of your plan, how are you really in the best interest of your clients? Again, this is a personal. You can be, evidently. Legally, you can say all that stuff. I guess <laughs> that's fine. But in my opinion, the person that is going to help me the most is someone that has access to all the investments that I can think I might want to be into and give me the tax ramifications of that, come up with a plan and be agnostic as to where I invest some money because they're not worried about how they're getting paid. It doesn't really matter to them. So that to me is how you do it. And that's what we have. Obviously, that is Madrona. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's us. I don't see this elsewhere. So if you're with someone, you feel like I'm kind of being talked into one thing and out of another. We don't lead with everything else we don't sell is bad and everything <laughs> we sell is the best. Right. <laughs> well, that's not true. Every investment has pros and cons. It has detriments. It has benefits. Everyone does. Does it apply to you? Which is most important to you? That's what the conversation we're going to have with you, not Oh, this other stuff is bad. Why? Because I don't get a commission. Oops, did I say that out loud? So, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be with that. I'm just saying, if it's my brother, sister, mom, dad, cousin, you know, uncle, I do not want them going somewhere where they're going to be manipulated into buying what that advisor happens to be selling, even though they're up there saying, I'm a fiduciary and I am required to act in your best interest and this is in your best interest. What was your name again? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> hi. Yeah, this is in your best interest. You don't, you don't right. even know my name yet. Oh, I don't need to. I know what's in your best interest. So I'm kind of being dramatic here. But I think my point is being made that I would rather have somebody a little bit more agnostic as to my investments. Well, I think to sum it up, Ryan, and correct me if I'm wrong, being held to the fiduciary standard means that you're putting the client's interests before your own. Is that about correct? You're supposed to. You're supposed and all to. all I'm saying is that if you sell hammers and nothing else, you're probably going to talk about how awesome hammers are and that they will do the job that you need done. And so it's not always the case, but I would rather go to a tool store that has all the tools. Right. And that way when they're, they're asking, what job are you trying to do? I'm building a deck. Mm -hmm. We need a hammer and a saw. Okay, great. What else do I need? Well, you, you need nails. You need this. You need that. Oh, so you just gave me what I need to do the job. Hmm. Well, I went across the street. They said all I needed was a hammer. Well, that's probably not accurate. <laughs> but they said they were after <laughs> trying to help me out too. Um, and they really sold me. They was a really nice guy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they were. But is that going to get your job done? No, I guess not. So people come here 
for a reason. They, they talk to our advisors for a reason because they believe they can get the job done. Their financial plan, their lifestyle plan, their seven steps to a successful retirement here because we have access to that and can handle the income tax, estate planning. We do, you know, we talk about the trust, business succession, real estate succession, all the other stuff in addition to all the different products that we have available. We've been talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs about being held to the fiduciary standard. And if you have questions, once again, you would like your rooted wealth analysis, simply go to madronafinancial.com and click on the get started button. You know, Brian, fall is here and the storms are going to brew. And I have seen these trees falling over on their sides. They got some shallow roots. The same applies to your financial plan. Your roots may not be deep enough to sustain your plan during the next financial storm. Again, so easy to check it. Go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button to find out how deep your financial roots are. Once again, it's madronafinancial.com. Brian, out of time for this week. We've had a fabulous show. Once again, we're a podcast. Search for it wherever you get your podcast if you missed any part of this show. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great week in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors that are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. 